What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Cone here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network and the Grant Cone YouTube channel. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cone. Grant, how are you doing? I'm alive. How are you doing? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That is a good response. You know I get cranky when the 49ers lose. I'm not happy. Um, after another second consecutive loss, it's very, very frustrating. We're going to dive into what happened, what's fixable, and a couple other. One thing that Troy Aikman said in the broadcast that I can't believe is not getting more attention. But before we do, I want to remind everybody, please like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard YouTube channel and Grant's YouTube channel. Please, please, please. And thank you. And if you leave a five-star rating and a review, we will read it on the show on Apple Pod. So please do that. Help more people discover the podcast. Now, let's just get straight into it, Grant. I mean, I was, one, stunned that they lost this game. But two, after the game, the comments from some of the players, specifically Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, I thought were incredibly telling. I mean, Nick Bosa basically said, we thought we were the... We thought we were it at 5-0, and and now come to find out we're actually not. What a come down. And it's like, what's crazy about this team is it's not a young up-and-coming team. You'd understand right. if this was like 2019 and they've been bad for a while. It's like, oh, you know, success just got to our heads. We've been so bad for so long, 10 consecutive losing seasons. Whoa! You know, like I never thought oh, we'd have all these riches. And it's like, man, you've had this problem for like four years. You've been the team that gets ahead of yourself for four years. You've been the team that crowns itself in September and October. Like you've been the team that fawns over praise from the national media, all of that stuff, you know, like that's all the reason that you're not a championship team. People say you got a championship roster. That might be true. You know, like all the pieces are in place, but it seems like the culture, the attitude of this team is too arrogant. And I, I don't know, like after the loss of the Browns, they were like, all right, that's what we needed. Like, no, nah, that's an arrogant response. Still, still like w w what you need to say is we're not as good as we thought we were. And I think they're finally getting there. At least Nick Bosa is. If you missed Bosa's comment, here it is. Five and oh start. You kind of get that confidence that um, we are who we need to be. And um, but NFL does that. It's good players, good good schemes, um, and we're gonna face another good team this week. Uh, so we gotta be ready. For him to say that, and that you, you took the words right out of my mouth. This is not their first go. The 49ers. They should not have been caught up in this. They should be smart enough to know that you can't just show up and win. And yet, clearly, it seems like they were under that impression the last two weeks. And I agree. The mentality inside the locker room needs to be, we are not the big bad wolf. We are not the big bad team that, you know, we think we were. We need to go back to work. Right. Because, again, after the loss of the Browns, what they told themselves was, we're still that juggernaut. We just got overconfident. And we didn't give our best effort. So now we needed, we, we got a wake up call. We're good. Then you lose again to the Vikings. And you really have to look in the mirror and be honest and say, you know what? It's not that we were overconfident. It's not. Like we're not a juggernaut. We've lost two in a row. There's a very good chance we're going to lose three in a row. And it's not because of our attitude. It's because we were, uh, we overestimated who we are and it's early in the season and we can still get to that point, but we're not there yet. And we didn't prove anything by beating the Cowboys and it's time to get serious again. After they beat the Cowboys, how many different little uh, petty social media skirmishes did the Niners get into, right? Like Debo versus Micah Parsons. 
uh, Debo versus Chauncey Gardner Johnson, like all this stuff. Debo versus the entire Browns before the before the the game. Like, just focus on the game at hand, and you guys might, you know, go back to winning every game. Keep the main thing, the main thing. It's very very frustrating, and and it's urgency, right? There there wasn't any urgency, even with the Browns loss. It was like like what? Well, if Jake Moody makes the kick, we would have been fine. But like, okay, but yeah. he didn't make the kick, and you lost, and now right. you lost against the Vikings. So I would like to see a little bit of urgency. We got a bunch of Super Chats here, so I want to get to them. We'll start with Slick Niner. Was Mike McDaniel the creative offense from the past? I don't think, I don't think there's a lack of creativity on offense. I think they're I just do. not running the damn ball well enough yet. Can I make the case for a little lack of creativity? I mean, ever, well, first of all, McDaniel left last year. The offense was struggling. They were scoring like 19 points a game. They fixed it by trading for McCaffrey. And since they traded for McCaffrey, it feels like Kyle Shanahan's best or only idea is to feed McCaffrey as much as physically possible, <laughs> which I, I don't know if that's creativity or just pragma pragmatism. I mean, he's your best player, and your offense works best when it goes through him. But look at him, and, and, and look at what's happening to him. And we all saw this coming. He's not Derrick Henry. I don't know. I mean, how, creati how creative has, has Kyle Shanahan's usage of McCaffrey been? It's been excessive. excessive. I, think, I think it's been both. It's been creative, and he uses the hell out of him. I mean, the fact that he was going into this game with an ob injured oblique and then played every single snap. <laughs> like, holy crap, man. We could yeah, get but his numbers have fallen off a cliff since week four. Like, he so hasn't cracked four yards of carry since week four. Like, what's up with that? Right. As a team, the 49ers ran for 4.3 yards per carry against Cleveland and three yards per carry against Minnesota. Like that to me is the root of their problems on offense. They're not running the ball. And when they don't run the ball, the whole offense suffers because then they have to they, the play action is not as effective and they have to go to the straight drop back passing. And the straight drop back passing is the weakest part of the 49ers offense. If you think about it, like Kyle is still very much stuck in the 90s. He's like a cool, updated version of his dad. And in the 90s, his dad won back-to-back -back Super Bowls, not with John Elway. John Elway was there, but the catalyst of the offense was the running back. And that's how it used to be in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, the Niners were a pass-first team, but back in the day, the running back was the catalyst of the offense, and Shanahan was always like that. And that's why, to me, McCaffrey's the MVP of this offense, not Purdy. There was a debate about that a few oh, yeah. weeks ago. Look at it now. It's all about McCaffrey. They're using him like he's Terrell Davis. They are. And first of all, he's not Terrell Davis. Second of all, we saw what happened to Terrell Davis. Like that's, it's kind of an unconscionable way to use a running back. They're, you shouldn't just give him 25 carries a game and say, good luck. It's, it's not in his best interest. It's not in your best interest, but I, it's what the Santa has do. Well, to be fair, they only gave McCaffrey 15 carries in the game. It wasn't 25. Now he well, also he's averaging like three yards a carry. So I would hope. Yeah, I mean, he he really struggled. The whole running game struggled. And and can Jordan Mason please get on the field? Uh, Jason Lutz says, would Kyle trade Jordan Mason? 31 teams need a running back with six yards per carry. We have Mitchell, who was 11 broken tackles away from a touchdown last week. No room for that with Jordan Mason's production. I don't know why Jordan Mason can't see more touches. If he can't get up to speed on the pass blocking, that's on the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean... They find ways to use him. I don't understand. Like, putting in Elijah Mitchell before Jordan Mason just feels like you're not really in touch with reality, man. Elijah Mitchell keeps going backward. He had negative three yards a couple weeks ago. He had negative one last week. Like, 
Jordan Mason is your leading rusher in terms of yards. He's your most efficient rusher. And last week especially, okay, so you lost Trent Williams. So your best runs always are McCaffrey outside to the left. Always. For, for good reason, man. It's a great fit. But Trent Williams isn't out there. They couldn't run outside to the left anymore. They weren't even trying. They were just running up the middle. And if that's the best you can do, man, get Jordan Mason in there. That's exactly what he does. He can't really get outside to the left. He's not as fast as Christian McCaffrey, but if you're going to plow between the A gaps and B gaps, man, how did you not give Jordan Mason one carry? That's I just don't understand that. You talk about offensive creativity. You got a running back on your team who's averaging 5.6 yards per carry who could start for a lot of teams in the league, and you want to play Elijah Mitchell over him? You won't give him any carries in a loss when you can't run the ball? Man, that's strange to me. I feel like Mike McDaniel does a better job of rotating his running backs. Like, what? What are you doing, man? I don't understand. Kyle does not rotate running, but he just, he doesn't. He rides a workhorse. And I agree. Like, even if you only want to give another running back a couple of carries, at this point, I think we've seen enough Jordan Mason and enough Elijah Mitchell to know that you got to switch that up. Mason should be RB2 on this team. It's very frustrating. Talking head. Thank you very much for the super chat. No offense to Brock Purdy, but the Niners really should have put effort into getting Lamar Jackson. From a zoomed out perspective, it's pretty wild. They put this year on a kid after seven starts. I just can't buy it. A lot of Brock Purdy discourse after this one, Grant. Um, I didn't think he was bad during the game, but I'll say this. He had the ball in his hands twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to take the lead. And he not only did he not get it done, he turned the ball over and he turned it over on early downs in the possession two times in Vikings territory. That's see to me, like, I'm sorry. It's the NFL. I saw a lot of people going on, on Twitter yesterday, trying to sort of rewrite the story of that game. Like he was good. He played really well. He, I mean, it's only the two picks at the end. Man, you, throw two, <laughs> you throw two picks in a game. That's it. Like it's not a good game. You threw two picks. Your one touchdown pass was a swing pass that went behind the line of scrimmage. Like, yeah, you made some nice throws and you were efficient for a while, but like when it was really time, when it was crunch time, not only did you like, like, it's not like you went three and out or you punted or you didn't, or you missed the throw. You threw two picks to the same guy. Bad pick. So, yeah. I mean, like what he did was like choking. It's what you call choking. And it doesn't mean he'll choke the next time he's in that situation, but like, that's what happened in that game. It doesn't make, it doesn't make him a choker. I, I'm not a Brock Purdy hater, but we can't, not say what happened because he looks like he's 14. You gotta be honest that he threw two picks. And if it were Jimmy Garoppolo who did the same thing, we would be ridiculing him. If it were Trey Lance who did the same thing, people would be pop popping blood vessels. But with Brock, it's like, oh, let's he's such a good guy. Let's be let's be gentle here. Like, nah, man. I mean, no, no. He's lost two games in a row. He's been one of the main reasons they've lost both of these games. And if he's the one of the main reasons they lose to Cincinnati, man, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan will do. Like, Brock, don't – like, Kyle ain't a – you know, he ain't a killer, but don't push him, man. Don't push him. <laughs> you need to play well in this game. You can't go own... Pac on the program and not think I'm going to notice. You, yeah, you know what I'm saying, man. Like, this is a big week for Brock. You, you're in a huge skid. And Kyle Shanahan has no patience. And he really likes Sam Darnold. And a bye week's coming up to get Sam Darnold ready. So don't give Kyle Shanahan any reason to do that. Because you've given him reason the last two weeks. You have. The turnovers are fine. Like, the, the Niners passed the ball less than any team in the league. And now the interceptions are piling up like they did in training camp. That's alarming. That's alarming. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Brock has three interceptions in the last two weeks. The two, obviously, on Monday were massive, just massive. Uh, I also think Kyle needs to look himself in the face and realize that he doesn't have the same defense that he's had in years past. I'm not saying the defense is bad. I'm saying it's not the same as it was in years past. And the fact that he kicked that field goal, Grant, I'm stunned. The more I think about it, fourth and six from the 37-yard line with 13-21 to go in the game, he attempts a 55-yard field goal. Like, he wasn't asked about it, and I feel like he should have been. What is the thought process there? Even if you make the field goal, you still need a touchdown. So I don't really know why you're thinking that. Plus, you're bringing out a shaky kicker who had missed earlier in the game, who has zero confidence at that point. And if you miss the field goal, you give them great field position because don't forget, when you miss a field goal, it's not where the line of scrimmage is. The other team takes over where the kick is from. So they would get better field position if you missed the field goal than they would if you tried for it on fourth down and didn't get it with the offense. And yet Kyle still attempted that field goal? That's insane to me. That is insane. Well, okay, I love when you say that. You, you get all worked up and think things are insane. That's fair. To me, like... It's more than insane, though. It's a reflection of the fact that Kyle Shanahan is losing confidence in Brock Purdy by the day. Like, that's what that is, right? Could if he be. believed in Brock Purdy the way he did three weeks ago, like, they were going for it on fourth down three weeks ago. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, I would rather attempt, let's be, let's be honest, right. I would rather attempt a 55-yard field goal with Jake Moody, who has his own issues, then go for it on fourth down in their territory with Brock Purdy, who was an MVP candidate two weeks ago. And I called him the real deal. So that I'm telling you, man, Kyle Shanahan is already like Brock should be looking over his shoulder right now. That's right a now. Scary thought, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, it does show a lack of faith in Brock. Oh, he's in the Jimmy Garoppolo boat right now. I mean, I'm, from Kyle's perspective, he's not winning with his quarterback. His quarterback is not the star of the offense. Star of the offense is Kyle one and the running back two. Well, this Kyle is one, running back two, and it ain't and, it, and the the quarterback's job is to not lose the game, dude. Don't turn it over. Jimmy was turning it over. Jimmy's out of town, and if Brock starts turning into the the guy who turns it over like he did in training camp, it's over for him. It's over for him. Kyle doesn't think he's winning these games. He's thinking he's losing these games. The last two, maybe Kyle's wrong, but that's how Kyle thinks about quarterbacks. He's not a big quarterback guy. He's a running back guy. His dad was too. I just think in general, he always coaches not to lose. And it's just, it's such a backwards mentality. And he and wants his quarterback to play not to lose, man. He wants a game manager. That decision. He wants to win with his running back. To kick that field goal, it just makes no sense to me. Because even if everything goes well, you still need a touchdown to win. And that's, and there was no, I mean, let's be honest. First of all, Jake Moody's kicking for his job. If he misses that kick, Jake Moody is done with the 49ers. And he still may be, we don't know. We have to see. But the fact that he said, we, I think I have a better chance of making a 55-yard field goal with a rookie kicker with no confidence than I do of gaining six yards is very telling to me. Very telling. Kenyon, uh, Keenan Grimms, excuse me, says, looking good, fellas. Another reality check this week. 49ers need to buckle up. 
Zach Rivera. What's good about real quick? What's good about this week is if the Niners beat the Bengals, like that's all of a sudden that's a really important win for the Niners. Like a few weeks ago, they're gonna like eh, it's the Bengals. Like mm, no, they need this. And if they win it, you're like, all right, maybe they're back on track. Yeah, going into the bye week six and two, uh, I said before the Vikings game, just fine. Like I, you're yeah. fine at six and two, but you got to win. And this is not going to be an easy game this week by any stretch of the imagination. The bye week with on a three game losing streak would be disastrous. I mean, things could like Steve Wilkes could get fired, Brock Purdy could get benched, Jake Moody could get replaced. All kind of things could happen if they go into the bye week on a losing streak. I don't. I think the Steve Wilkes. <laughs> I think Steve Wilkes is getting more heat than he deserves. He did not have a good game, but on the whole, I think he's getting too much heat. We can get into that a little Man, bit. He can't generate pressure, though. Like, that's right. alarming. That is very I know, I know he's – because it's like he's a DB guy, and he's, all, he's focused on coverages, which is great. But this defense is built around pressure. All the money is in the, is in the D-line. And this D-line is like 20-something in pressure rate no matter what they do, whether it's blitzing or not blitzing. Like, dude, that means that your plays are not well drawn up or not called at the right time. And so he has a lot to answer for. Um, but again, if he shuts down Cincinnati this week, he'll be good. It's a big game. Zach Rivero says, what needs to happen Sunday besides a win to get us back on track? Also, I might go to the game. Grant, are you going? We need you. Quality control. Yeah, it's a home game. I'll be there, baby. Uh, what uh, needs to happen Sunday besides a win to get us back on track? The pass You're right. The pass rush. Yeah. That's how the how defense the is built. That's why they invested mm. in Javon Hargrave, because they wanted more pass rush up the middle. And it's been just non-existent. And they stop. have way too much talent to not be able to get at the quarterback. Like, yeah. You're rushing seven and you can't get there. You got Nick Bosa, Hart. Like, what is wrong with your play designs? I, I remember, like, Sala was a fairly vanilla coordinator for a while but by the end on third down man his pressures were incredible he was very creative and he could get unblocked free rushers at the quarterback i haven't seen steve wilkes do that once this year not once what is the deal you have too much talent i don't like the fact that steve wilkes is not running his system he's running the 49ers system they've made no secret of that and i don't know like maybe he's just like well this is similar to what's should work this is similar to what they were doing. It, it's different when yeah. you're not running your system it's just weird and it's you know both had a comment after the game like oh i don't know why we're blitzing so much it's like we're you're blitzing so much because he's desperate to get pressure on the quarterback that's why you're blitzing so much yeah absolutely because i mean what they always say is if you can't get there with four you got to bring five you can't get there with five you got to bring six the problem is they're bringing six and seven and it's not working either and i mean the focus has to go back on Wills because he can't say, like, I don't have the talent. And if, right. he, if the answer is, well, I don't have any, like, ownership over this scheme and I don't like the scheme, then he needs to go. Or you need to let him, you know, yeah. you can't overhaul the scheme midseason. He needs – I don't understand why they brought him in to run someone else. What, what is the point of that? Hey, Steve, we want you. But all the instincts you've ever had about defense, forget those and just try to do what D'Amico would do. Like, if that's what you – because – that's essentially what they wanted with D'Amico when he replaced Salah. Like, look, Salah worked, okay? Salah's gone. You knew Salah. You were a linebacker coach. Well, you worked with him. Can you just sort of, like, do what Salah was doing with your own little spin on it? And that worked. D'Amico was like, yes, sir, absolutely. He, he was better than Salah, I think. Maybe. I mean, he, he was at least just as good. And it worked. I mean, you promoted from within. You wanted to keep it the same. You promoted from within. Now you want to keep it the same and you bring someone else from outside who's never worked with either. It doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just promote from within? 
I mean, no one had heard of Robert Sala when you made him the defensive coordinator. There was no one in your quality control. There was no one on your staff that you that knew the system had been around. No one. You really had to bring in an outsider and teach him. It doesn't make any sense. I, that's to me why I feel like Steve uh, Wilkes might be on the hot seat, man. You get one more week to show that you can do something. Stop the run. Create pressure. Something. If you can't, man, just promote someone who's been here. How could he be any worse? I well, mean, hold on. They're they're third in points per game allowed, which a ton of talent. How bad could it be? They're eighth in yards, which is like ridiculous to me. They're top ten in yards and they're third in points per game. That's why, like, I get it. There's a lot Wilkes did that is driving you nuts. But ultimately, the job of a defense is to stop the other team from scoring, and only two teams in the league have been better at that than the 49ers so far. Yeah, but if you know, if you if you know the context, I'm I'm not trying to be like super pessimistic. They. They let the Browns go for 160 on the ground without Nick Chubb or Deshaun Watson. That's embarrassing. And then they let the Vikings go for 450 something yards without Justin Jefferson. Man, like that's embarrassing. With all that talent, so they they can say like, oh, we only gave up 22 or we only gave up 19. Like, yeah, they missed field goals and like you shouldn't. Have, you know, you didn't play well enough on defense. You know, you didn't live up to the standard that you should be able to put in uh, every week. And there's got to be something schematically wrong when you give up 160 rushing yards to freaking Kareem Hunt and. Jerome Ford or whatever his name is like something's wrong there and I think you're even hearing the players say it like yeah you know we're not really a a pressure team we're more of a rush four team like yeah I don't know what we're doing hopefully Steve figures it out the glaring thing with this team is they seem like they can't get a three and out when they need one like they stopped the Vikings yeah but they also missed a 50 yard field goal you know the Vikings could have made that an eight point game at the end they missed a field goal it's because the Niners can't get a three and out when they need it they do give up a lot of yards or at least more more yards than they have in the past, which, you know, there's a lot of context there. It's historically very difficult to maintain an elite defense for a lot of years. And the 49ers have had an elite defense since 2019. It's now 2023. They were due for some regression, but I understand people that are frustrated by the amount of yards the team is giving up. I get that. I hear that. And I, I share some of those frustrations. It's just, I mean, it's just concerning when like the last two weeks, I mean, PJ Walker, Kirk Cousins, you couldn't sack Kirk Cousins. Okay, okay, fine. Maybe it's just a blip, man. Maybe maybe you're going to just, you know, pulverize Joe Burrow this weekend. But honestly, I don't think so. What the last two weeks are indicating is that the Niners' defense is going to struggle against Cincinnati because the Niners' defense isn't doing anything particularly well right now. It's not rushing the quarterback well. It's not stopping the, stopping the run particularly well. And it's not covering well. Like, let's – Traverius Ward? Dude, what? What happened to you? Also, well, Diamond Lenore, not much better, man. Like, this defense doesn't do anything at a dominant level right now. And and, and now they got to face Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. All right, man. Great opportunity for you to shut us up and get back to what you used to do. Great opportunity. Official BNA music. I hope Purdy doesn't want to see Darnold play football ever again as much as I do. Nobody wants to see Sam Darnold play football. Yes, he does. does. Kyle does. Kyle does. Well, that's true. Kyle does. Keith Murphy says, without Trent, there is no run game. But Trent was there, you know, in other weeks, and they still really haven't been able to run the ball. So good I don't point. totally agree. That's a really good point. Darth Mexican, Kyle Banana Hands, Jake Duty, Brock Thirty, Nick Nosich, Charvarius Chard, until they can play like their known names. The Ward thing, like a lot of the yardage that he gave up in the game is because the Addison ripped the ball away at the end of the second quarter. Yeah. Which true. Steve Wilkes, why the hell are you calling a zero blitz in that situation? That, to me, is the more concerning thing. They have no timeouts. There's 16 seconds left in the game. 
they're only going to be able to run one more play. All you got to yeah. do is tackle them anywhere on the field, and they ain't scoring a point. <laughs> you go zero. I got another issue with that. I got another issue with that, though. Like to me, okay, so that's a, that's a it's a terrible call. It's a call no one else would make. You make the call. Kyle's on the headset. Dude, yeah. you're the head coach, man. Say no. That's on him, Say too. No. Absolutely. No, no, no. We're going to do cover four. You know, we're just going to keep the play safe. Uh, after the play, whoever was doing the sideline announcing asked Kyle on the way into the, you know, locker room, like, what do you think of that call? And he said he didn't like the result. And he's going to need to talk to Steve Wilkes about it. Like, dude, you're the head coach. You don't like the call. Overrule the call. Has like, to. don't. I, I take some, I don't know, man. Kyle's a good coach, but like sometimes he, as the head coach, he's too eager to like point the finger at people below him on his, like the quarterback or the defensive coordinator. Like, nah, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that right now. The offensive coordinator can do that. Chance 99 says, how could this team be disciplined with buddy Kyle? I greatly enjoy JT O'Sullivan calling Kyle Juszczyk coach's buddy every time he brings him up. I don't know why. Kyle I just Juszczyk, enjoy it. Kyle Juszczyk, he's a good player, um, but the way he's used, that's kind of messed up. The, his utility for the for the organization, I feel like it has more to do with how he talks and how he plays. Like, he is there to answer questions and to give the media what they want. But, like, I, I don't know, man. It seems like the ratio of talking to playing is way skewed for him. I actually wish, they'd, Harvard. I wish they'd use him more in the pass game, to be honest with you. He's good. I that's I can't knock jo- Kyle Juszczyk. Whenever they give him the ball, good things happen. It's been seven years, and I think Kyle Shanahan has made it real clear. Like, I don't want to give him the ball. I just want to put him in motion. I want him to run around. <laughs> right. I want yeah, him to get I, cardio. Yeah, I don't get it. The idea of him and the idea of what he can threaten to defenses, but what he actually does is, is much less. Khalil Kemp, the secondary is an issue. Crazy what happens to Hufongo when Jimmy's not around to do all the dirty work. I don't think Hufongo's necessarily been bad, but he hasn't made the game-altering plays that he had in years past. I think that's fair to say. It's true. Khalil Kemp, you got a point. Um, interest, also, Gibson, too. Like The two of them were on fire last year. Now, they're kind of just there. I mean, the whole defense. But it's like, to me, what makes the defense great is a great pass rush. Right. If the pass rush is getting home quick and the and the quarterbacks are getting hit and they're under pressure, like all of a sudden everyone else in the defense looks great. You know, ball's coming out quick, uh, erratically. They can make plays, jump routes. That's not happening now. They're all on their heels because Nick Bosa is getting stonewalled. Like, I don't know if it's his fault or Steve Wilkes' fault or what they're asking him to do. Steve Wilkes isn't doing him any favors. But Nick, dude, like you're not winning as much as you used to. What's up? Or you're not you're getting paid. Like, yeah, like what's up? A lot of people, Tim Kyle Kami has been tweeting about this, about the pressures. And, you know, you, you got to be fair. The pressures, the pressures. It's like, yeah, here's the problem. We used to just evaluate defensive linemen on sacks. And that was a bad thing to do because sacks do not tell the full story. So then we came up with pressures as a way to get a more full view of how defensive linemen were performing but now we're too far in the other direction where like, oh he got a pressure job done he did his job on the play no especially no. when you're nick bosa if you're drake jackson and you're getting a bunch of pressures okay that's fine because guess what he ain't it either nick bosa's got one has to finish yeah one has to finish and bosa didn't get paid 35 million dollars a year for pressure Right. He got paid to finish because he did finish like a freaking machine for years and all of he did like last year was like more than one a game this year is two and a half through seven games. I've never seen Nick Bosa. And it's like, it goes back to last year too. It's, it goes into the, the, the pre and the, the postseason and the last few games. I don't understand what's going on with Nick Bosa. 
But something is going on with Nick Bell. You can't blame it all on Steve Wilkes because it was going on last year too. Yeah. I don't know that we'll ever get an answer. I don't know that Nick Bosa knows or the Niners know. If they did, they might not have given him this contract because right now they might be like, yeah, right. it's and not no, that he's a bad player. It's just that he's the right. highest paid non-quarterback in the league. And you, you know what I'm saying? There was an expectation. To be fair to Bosa, after the game, he said, I need to make game-changing plays if I'm the player that I'm supposed to be. So he gets it. But he's he not to. doing it right now. And maybe he's he doing it all the time. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Joshua uh, Tintz says he hates the call at the end of the first half, too. It was a terrible defensive call. Uh, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten. I agree, Rob. Kyle's being conservative at, at the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter was alarming. The only thing that helped us was that O'Connell was scared to go for it, too. Absolutely. That's another thing. It was third and, I think, four. And they ran the ball. Instead of trying to pass, which they have been carving the 49ers up passing, and not only to the, was that a give-up call, but then he didn't go for it and tried the field goal, that bailed the 49ers out as well. It's a good point, Keith. It, it, there's a lot of game management that I've taken issue with Kyle Shanahan over the years and continues to be an issue. He continues to not have learned a damn thing from it. I don't know, man. I think it's really hard to learn things when you're convinced you're the best co coach in the league and that, you know... I Look, as someone who likes validation, I feel like I have way too much in common with Kyle Shanahan. Like when I talk about him, I'm like talking about myself. Like, I get it, man. You got this chip on your shoulder. A lot of people hated on you for a long time. This is your time to show them that they were all wrong and you're the best and you're this close, man. But if you would humble yourself just a little bit, like you'd actually get the ring. And you're so, I feel like you're more eager to say, I told you so, than to get the ring. And that's why every time you're close, you say, I told you so. We got the best team. I am the best coach. I got the extension. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. 43 years old. You got to learn your league. The universe is going to keep giving you the same test every single time until you pass it. And you keep failing it. Don't get ahead of yourself. That's the whole thing with you. Just don't get ahead of yourself. Take it one game at a time. Don't, he always says he like tries to not listen to the noise. You're addicted to the noise. Like, <laughs> I'm like constantly scrolling through their comments on Twitter, man. You got to stop. Yeah, the whole because team. Once you, start, once you start getting praise, once everyone's like, man, Kyle's the best, the Niners can't lose, they're the best team, they are like, finally, the recognition we deserve. Okay, let's go mail it in Cleveland. Like, nah, man, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Tony Nagatani says, how do you know Kyle didn't call the zero blitz? It's possible he did, but I don't think he would have. I think he would have admitted it. I don't think he would have totally said, I call the blitz and then throw Wilkes under the bus. I, we don't know for sure, so I guess Tony has a point, but I would be stunned. Uh, Chance 99 to go back to this one because I didn't ask you about it. Grant, was there a comp pick coach to promote from within? If not, then you have your answer to why Wilkes. It's a really, 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 really bad, I, bad reason to hire anyone. Chris Kacerik was probably the candidate, but everything I've heard is that he doesn't want to be a defensive coordinator. He just wants to stick to the defensive line. That's what he told me. There's got to be someone who is here who is conceptual, quality control. I like, yeah, I mean, there had to be someone, but I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, Keenan says, the call at the end of the first half, that blitz call, seems like it was a risky call. Seems like they wanted more points at the half. It was only bad because it didn't end up working out. I put that on Ward for getting bodied. I disagree. It's a bad call because of the situation that it puts the 49ers corners in. Whether you know he's going to complete the ball or not, you're saying the corners, the weakest part of the of the secondary, arguably, yeah. we're going to leave them on an island. We're going to leave them vulnerable. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you have confidence in Shaverius Ward since when? 
seconds when you've been playing soft off zone coverage all year now on that play with 16 seconds left now you wanted to man up one-on-one against jordan addison why why yeah. it's Traverius ward has not been playing that great this year he's not a shutdown corner at all he's I, a penalty waiting to happen i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't think that was a good call by steve wilkes what? uh for life niner says we don't deserve a super bowl after playing like that big time says fred beasley is greater than kyle Yuschek. i'm not going that far uh much different players there uh hb nate 55 bosa finished when he inked that contract uh, there's a lot bosa's catching a lot of heat this week more than i've ever seen is it, it. Is, it is it is it that he's not motivated or is it he, that he's not as good as he was last year? Remember, like, he didn't do off the offseason this year. He didn't do it. So did that have an effect? Like, everyone's like, oh, it's Bosa. Look at his abs. He doesn't need it. Okay, well, now he has two and a half sacks through seven games. So maybe he's a human being who needed preparation to be his best. I don't know. A lot of people like to mythologize some of these athletes like they're just superheroes and they can do, like, Maybe he's not at his best right now. Maybe, you know, maybe he's a little bit older and he didn't have an off season and he's learning that, you know what, next year I'm going to need an off season. Sorry. The problem is that he has already said this year, right? What did he say after I think week three or like, oh, my body's, I'm good now, right? Like my body's back to where it needs to be. I needed a few weeks and now I'm back. Right. Like, well. So that's even more disconcerting then. Right. So, why, so where are the sacks? And remember, two and a half sacks, one of them was against the Giants when he literally wasn't blocked literally right. wasn't blocked. So it's like the guy is not getting there. Two of them are unblocked, believe it or not. The only one that wasn't was the half sack he got against the Cowboys. Two of them are unblocked. <laughs> I mean, they still count, but if we're looking at this, you know, critically, it's dicey. Like, he used to be the best player on the team by far. He was the defensive player of the year last year. He, him on his rookie contract was like a cheat code. And it was a big reason the Niners were so dominant. Now he's making big money and not producing. And it's like, well, yeah, all of a sudden the Niners don't look dominant at all anymore. I think I think more than Wilkes, it's Bosa. Like, what is Wilkes supposed to be? He's supposed to be a good coordinator with great players. He's supposed to be a good coordinator propped up by Nick Bosa. But Bosa was gone. Bosa's not Bosa. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a domino effect with this defense right now. That When they can't get pressure, they're completely beatable because they're whole, that's how they're built. Like, you, I get that, right? Like, Tom Brady is not a scrambler. You're not going to go into a game and have Tom Brady run quarterback option. That's just not how you do it. Well, this defense is built to get pressure with four, and they're not doing it right now. Sometimes, you know, these explanations are not difficult. Uh, Jordan Matthews says, offensive line's a major issue. We need to make a trade for a right tackle and move John Feliciano to center. Need to get bigger and stronger in the trenches. No way we beat Philly. Forget Philly. Like, uh, forget Philly. Forget the number one seed. Forget all that. Beat Cincinnati this week. To beat the team in front of you. Stop talking you. about the NFC Championship game and all that stuff. Beat Cincy. Who cares? The rest of that stuff, I'll worry about Philadelphia in week 13, okay? Yeah. Man, focus. Focus. I don't know where it is. It's very frustrating. Uh, before we get focus. to a few more Super Chats, I want to play this for you because I teased it earlier. The thing that Troy Aikman said during the broadcast that I'm stunned that, that nobody has picked up on. I can't show the video because I don't want to get demonetized by the NFL, but I'm going to play the audio. This comes right from the game, okay? I've not edited this or anything. Here's Troy Aikman talking about Brock Purdy. And talking with him about his elbow and the injury that he had last year in the playoffs, he's still regaining his strength. It's not 100%. I'm stunned that no one else cares about that except me. Like, 
we've been told that Brock Purdy made this miraculous recovery, right? Kyle Shanahan was asked on October 11th, are there any lingering issues with Brock Purdy's elbow? What did he say? Looks good to me, right? Made the joke, walked off. Troy Aikman just said Brock Purdy himself told him his elbow is not 100% and he's still gaining strength. I kind of feel like that's sort of a big deal. It's a big, big deal. And let me come back to what I was saying earlier. This is a big game for Brock Purdy. Like, he's not getting better. He seems to be getting worse the last two games. He's lost. He's not that magical quarterback he used to be. He's part of the problem right now, a big part of the problem. And if he loses again, he said this, the Niners, they don't even have to bench him. They could say, you know what? His arm, not 100%. (laughs) It's just he's got arm fatigue. So we're not benching Brock. We're giving him a week off. Just a week off. And Sam Darnold's going to play. Sam Darnold wins and his arm isn't tired. They could say, you know what? Brock's arm is just still tired. They could do that. They could play that game for a long time and not a, not embarrass Brock, but essentially uh, bench him. So it's like Brock just gave the Niners their excuse. You know, they don't want to embarrass him, but they can use this. I was just stunned that Troy, first of all, like, so for people that don't know, there's production meetings every week with every team, with every broadcast crew. But there's sort of an understanding in the production meeting that like, hey, we're going to be a little more honest with you than they would be in like a regular press conference. But we are trusting you. Like, don't say that you got this from this person. Like, we're going to give you real insight into the team, but we're trusting you to protect us and protect the information that we're giving you. We're only doing it to give you sort of more context when you call the game. And I feel like Aikman kind of totally blew through that in trying to compliment Brock Purdy by saying, hey, look, his arm isn't 100% and he's still playing this way. But in reality, what he said was, this starting quarterback just told me his arm is not totally healthy. I, I, I'm going to keep an eye out on Brock's passes the rest of the year. And, and you know, does it drop off? And that, that's concerning to me. Why would Brock say that too? Like, let's try to get inside Brock's head, do a little psychology. Why would you tell Troy Aikman, hey, you know, just between me. It's not like it's just between me and you, man. Like, it's not like they're sitting, standing in a hallway. Right. And Brock's like, man, let me just level with you, man. Cause I love you so much. Like, I'm just uh, not about 85%, right? Like, nah, it's a production meeting. You know, Troy Aikman is going to say this on national television. So, what you're doing is giving context to everyone. You're anticipating maybe that you're not going to give your best performance and you want people to understand what's going on. That's a that's a scary psychological place to be because for the first 10 games of his career, he seemed like the most confident, mature, unflappable young quarterback in the history of the world. Now, he's reminding everyone, hey, I'm not 100%. Go easy on me. There's some context here. All right, man, take a week off then. Take a break. Let's it's very weird for him to say it to Aikman, and it's weird for Aikman to repeat it. And Troy Aikman's been calling games long enough to know what he should and shouldn't say. And so the fact that he said it, you're right. There may be more there to the story. I'm just, look, I didn't make him say it, but once he said it, I wrote it down in my notes. Like, holy crap. I can't believe he just threw that out there. Let's ask Brock about it. I would love for Brock to be asked about it this week when he speaks. Hey, Brock, Troy Aikman said, you told him your elbow is not hundred percent. Like this isn't Troy Aikman speculating. Aikman said, yeah. and talking with him about his elbow and the injury that he had last year in the playoffs. He's still regaining his strength. It's not 100%. He said Brock told him that. So uh, Brock should be talking to Brock. He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
in talking to Brock. So I, I guess that's that's going to be the question I ask on Thursday. Dude, I, what did you tell Troy Aikman? It was to do with your with your elbow, man. Right? Is it a hundred percent? Because to me, like the it, okay, is it gonna get stronger as the year goes on, or is it gonna get more fatigued? You know, like it wasn't a hundred percent healthy. You, you rush back off the surgery. You're doing the best you can. Is this really gonna get better, or do you need a full off season next year for that to happen? I mean, he may not even know. And if they do know, they probably wouldn't tell us. Oh yeah, that's. But I'll be interested in Brock's response. Either way, what his words are, his body language, everything, the whole thing. All right, we got a lot of super chats I want to get to, so we'll get in big time. It was quite disturbing to me to see Fred injured and Kyle Shanahan's head stuck in his play sheet. I saw that too. Like he only sees them as ball players and not human. It's a bad look. I know Kyle's Kyle. got a lot going on, but man, show sure, kicks are bad, dude. And it's it's all the time, man. It's it's been a lot of times. If someone's screaming on the ground, don't look at your play sheet. You don't have to run over. And, you don't have to run over and, and you know start praying or whatever. But like, show some compassion. You Especially might want to because like you're on defense. What are you looking at the play sheet for? Like in that one moment, take thirty seconds to look up. I agree. HB Nate fifty five Bosa looks bored to me. I don't know why you should be bored. They've lost two straight and he has two and a half sacks. So there's no. Okay, I have a question about that. that. The okay. Bosa's. What motivates them? I don't want to get too deep in their heads because I don't know them like that. But some people play football because they're throwback athletes from the 70s and 80s, and they just want to compete, and they just want to win. Um, some people play football because they know they want to they want to make the most money possible, and that's their ego. Now, maybe, maybe it's both for Bosa, but it's like he just accomplished one of those things. More than his brother, more than his dad, like he just became the highest-paid defensive player ever. If that was his goal, is he searching for a new goal? If his goal was financial or um, personal, personal accolades, he got he got the defensive player of the year. He got the contract. He got the validation. Now all that's left for him is win a Super Bowl. Like, is that what drives you? Or is he struggling because he's searching for something else to drive him? In which case, you know, that just makes him a person. But Not he can't everybody. Fake that. He can't fake that. Not everybody's motivated to win a Super Bowl first and foremost. And I'm not saying I know what motivates Nick Bosa because I have no idea. But I think it's fair to question that. Why? Why? You mean, his brother. Race? His brother re-signed with the Chargers. What does that say about that family? I mean, I don't know. Just, maybe he didn't want to move. Cool. Maybe he didn't want to. Whatever the case may be. Maybe he thought they were close to winning a Super Bowl. He's just a bad evaluator of football. <laughs> of maybe teams. I don't maybe. know. Uh, maybe. But, the bottom line is Bosa just has to be better. When you're paying a guy a premium, you need premium production. And they're not even getting anywhere close to that with Nick Bosa. Bosa just strikes me as a mercenary. It, I, to me, I don't. he strikes me as a, he doesn't really care what team he's on. He just wants to do his thing and get paid. But he's done that. Like, he already did it. And now I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he needs to find a new why in his life. Maybe I'm wrong philosophical on the program I think he needs to find a new why man i don't know I that he has it why. anymore he needs to eat pray love that's what you're saying robert, robert sala used to talk about find your why i don't i don't know that he has one right now he might have something to think about nick i don't know you tell me why you have two and a half sacks. how many sacks in the last 10 games going back to last year you had none in the playoffs so that's two and a half in the last 10 games and two of those were unblocked man you tell us dude honestly you're way better than this like, I would love to hear him answer that question. Why do you only have two and a half sacks this year? Just see what he thinks. Yeah. I would love to hear that. Uh, Tony I says, Kyle, Kyle knows Kirk gets rattled under, under pressure, sends a zero blitz. Kirk actually underthrows it. Ward almost grabs the pick. Hashtag just saying. 
But again, you don't need a pick in that situation. You just need them not to score points. You don't need an interception. There was 17 seconds left. You think you're getting Why the take ball that back? Risk? Going down. Why exactly. take that risk? Exactly. The risk is it's one-on-one. No safety help. You know what happens when it's one-on-one? Stuff happens, man. Like it hits Traverius Ward in the in the chest and he doesn't catch it because he's a corner and the and the wide receiver catches it because he's a wide receiver and oops, it's a touchdown and oops, you lost by five. That's a six-point mistake. Did they kick the field? Did they get the extra point after that or no? Uh, I think he missed the extra point. Let me see. Okay, so it was a six-point play and you lost by five. That's it. Yeah, he missed it. All extra. you had to do was not give up a point on that play and you did. So it almost worked out, but you took a risk and it blew up in your face. They had just scored a touchdown to make it 10 to seven. And you were getting the ball first in the second half. Like you, it was all set up for you to be able to make a comeback. All you needed was one defensive stop where they don't get points. And and you did not put yourself in the best situation to get that stop. Uh, Kill a MIG 831. We need to call old bag gold. Jake Moody is trash. I, I feel like I'm, talked about this a lot i'm not on the call robbie gold train i don't think he solves all the problems uh keith says you're right grant kyle has too much validation they hire all his coaches every team runs a version of his offense i think that's good enough for him that's what i'm trying to say like he has all these things that he can wrap himself with hey man you know like everyone says i'm the best keith oberman says i'm the best or, or, or rich eisen says i'm the best uh, uh uh everyone runs my offense everyone has like yeah that's great dude those that's all true man but if that's enough for you, then this stuff's going to keep happening, man. And you can't sit there and wonder, like, why can't we win the Super Bowl? Like, because your priorities are off, are, are out of whack. Your priorities are out of whack. I, I don't think, think that's enough for him. I think he's driven by wanting to get a Super Bowl, if only to prove, like, hey, I'm not a Nepo baby, like J.T. O'Sullivan called Act it. Like right? it. Like, Act I, like it. I think that he wants a Super Bowl. He may just not realize what sure he, he wants it. So sure he wants it, man, but you got to make your priority. You got to have your priorities in line with that goal. You can't just say, I want to win a Super Bowl my way. You've been trying your way, man. You've been trying your way for a very long time. Damn. Hard to get. Uh, he's clearly found that out. Mike Baker yeah. says, I didn't like all the, are the Niners the best team and CMC and Brock Purdy MVP talk never works out. Well, never believe your own press. Keep your head down and win. Man, Bosa flat out said it. They didn't keep their head down. They were listening to everything, hearing everything, feeling themselves, and they got humbled real quick. Two weeks in a row, they got humbled. I, I mean, did they get humbled? That's what I'm saying, man. Like, is this team actually humbled or is it in denial? Is it making excuses? We'll be fine. We're five and two. It's two losses. We needed to lose those games. We learned from those games. Like, nah, man, like you ha- have a really warped perception of who you guys are as a team. Like, whatever that win streak was is over. You're the team that's lost two in a row to teams that had losing records. Right. So you're on a you're, you're, streak you're, now. Yeah, your season is spiraling out of control. You have to do something to get it back on track, or it won't. Like, this is the crossroads of your season right now. And it, uh, so either either they were humbled, and they're going to take this game against Cincinnati really seriously and uh, prove that they're the team they think they are, or they're going to lose to Cincinnati. And right now, I'm kind of um, leaning towards that. And the other question, I don't think they've been humbled. The other question I have is, can this team win a close game? And the reason I bring that up is because Fred Warner brought it up after the game last week. Listen to Fred Warner. Toughness to to go up. I want to win in any form or fashion. Like I don't care if it's if it if it's ugly. Like all right, we'll we'll figure it out later on. But like let's find a way to get this done. 
I called them front runners after the game on Monday night because I think that's what they are. When things are going good and they're up, they're unbeatable, it seems like. But when they're, when they have to come back, they look completely beatable. And Fred Warner flat out said it there. They're not mentally tough. Their mental toughness has to improve. So we're going to have to find out. But if you think you're the big bad team on the block and then all of a sudden it's not going your way, it's kind of hard to then buck up and say, we can still get this done because you didn't think you were going to be in that situation. Well, they haven't really been playing close games the last year. Ever since they traded for Christian McCaffrey, it's been easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something to that. Like so many games, so where you just give it to Christian, you score 30, Brock makes it look easy and you win. Like that's over with now. Completely over with. Like, how is this team going to respond? Like it's like they've been playing on rookie mode. (laughs) They're on Madden. They've been playing on rookie mode since Christian McCaffrey came here. Now they're back on all, all pro, all Madden. Are, are you out of practice? You used to be able to do it. Can you still do it? Or do you need life on easy mode to hold? That's what I'm trying to say about Kyle. Like, man, you're too skilled to put up 17 because you, you missed a couple of players. Like, you've been living life on easy mode for a year. Come on, man. Dig deep. You got this. You can do this. It's just going to take a little effort and work. The 49ers won 11 games by more than one score last season. That was the most in the NFL. And this year, during that winning streak, they had won every game by multiple scores, except the Rams game where Sean McVay kicked a field goal on the final play of the game that made it a one-score game. So they have not been playing close games because they've been beating teams by a lot. And so that's unfamiliar territory for them. It's unfamiliar territory for Brock Purdy. And I think that Kyle Puckers, when the game is close, Mike McDaniel all but said it on the the play callers podcast in the off season about how the coaching staff was melting down to use his words before the Super Bowl because they were freaking out about a big game. And I think when the game gets close, Kyle freaks out. He goes more conservative. He goes more not to just don't mess it up. Just don't lose it. And I think that's part of the reason why they don't have any comebacks in the fourth quarter when they're down by seven or more points. I think they're like 0 for 36 in the Shanahan era, which is staggering to me. But I think that's part of the reason why. I would absolutely agree with that. And again, this is a team that's built to win with their running back, not their quarterback. And if that's the case, you're built to get a lead early and then and then hold on to it. The running yes. back will help you get the lead early and hold on to it. Once you're once that doesn't work, I fell behind against the Vikings. And you can't win from behind with your running back. You know who brings you back from behind? Your quarterback. Your quarterback. <laughs> And the Niners yeah. don't have that guy. They tried to convince themselves that Brock Purdy was the next Joe Montana. Nah, because Joe Montana, you could compare their skill sets, but Joe Montana brought teams back all the time. Brock doesn't, hasn't. He did it one time against the Raiders, one time. The Raiders are terrible. Right, right. now, it looks like he's just as much of a front runner as anyone else on this team. Sorry. And yes, it's been a small sample, but he has not done it yet. You can say both no. things. It's been a small sample, and he hasn't really done it, especially like, yeah, against a team that's, not the Raiders, a tire fire. Uh, All Niner says our DBs will not be able to keep up with the Bengals. If we don't have a pass rush on Sunday, we are bleeped. Uh, yes, pretty much. <laughs> like, I, I completely agree. I don't really know uh, what else is to be said there. Keith Murphy says Bosa is not close to Miles Garrett or TJ Watt right now. He's not. Those We saw those guys on Sunday, both of them. I mean, Miles Garrett was unbelievable Sunday. A couple sacks blocking a field goal in the game, causing a strip in the end zone that led to a touchdown. Bosa's not on that level. He's not. No, definitely not. Beyond pissed off says Brock Purdy has arm fatigue. (sighs) Did Larry Kruger lose his mind yet? I think Larry's 
Larry's one or two steps away from totally losing his mind in general anyway. But uh, yeah, the Brock, the Brock arm fatigue thing be interesting uh all day every day says i have a problem with people calling grant a hater when someone like peter king and a lot of these national guys lying about how good brock's been playing i don't know what peter's been saying what do you think kyle's thinks of brock right that's what i keep trying to say man like what do you think kyle thinks of brock be honest he ran jimmy out of town he was never moved by jimmy garoppolo's numbers or win-loss record ever he saw jimmy for what he was he was right about jimmy i agree that's why, like, why is it so hard for people to say, like, yes, the team is winning, but the quarterback is not really a huge part of that. Like, it's been really hard for 49er fans to admit that, whether it was Jimmy or Brock. It's been impossible for them to admit that. <laughs> because, the because again, again, these are the Niners. And it was all about the quarterback from 1981 until recently. But ever, ever since Harbaugh, man, ever since Harbaugh, Kyle and Harbaugh are kind of similar. Yes. They don't make it about the quarterback. This is old school running back football, which is strange. It's like the Niners have become the Chicago Bears or whatever old school. Like these are the 49ers. They're the one that created the trend and showed the, the, the league. Like, no, it's a quarterback driven sport. And I just think that the Niners have, like, maybe it's the Yorks. You know, they're, they're from. They're from the Midwest. They grew up with the Browns and the Steelers, I think. They like the idea of physical old school football with the Niners. You know, Eddie DeBartolo was the one that had finesse football, pass first football. The Yorks are different. They want their own imprint. They hired Harbaugh. They hired Kyle. They want to run the ball. They want to be Midwest football, not West Coast football. They want Midwest football. They hired Singletary, man. Telling you. The only one that didn't fit in that was Chip Kelly, and they got rid of him so fast. So fast. (laughs) The that's why I said over the offseason that Kyle doesn't value the quarterback position enough. And people got on me. Yes, he does. I don't think he does. He's still trying to win by hiding his quarterback. He spends more on running backs than quarterbacks. It doesn't get that you can't hide your quarterback, that you need to put the ball in your quarterback's hands to win a game. When it's fourth and six and you're driving, you don't bring out the kicker for a 55-yard kick. You put the ball in the hands of the quarterback that you said was the real deal. Yeah, and you didn't do doesn't it. it. Doesn't it feel like the Niners are like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? They're like, well, you know, in 2002, I won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. Like you did, yep. you really, really did, and that was 2002. And, and in 1997, you were- your dad won with freaking 38 year old John Elway. Uh huh. That was 1997, man. Lots changed, and I know you guys think you guys have cracked the code on how to build a team in the modern football, but you haven't won a Super Bowl. Humble yourself. And to be fair, Kyle did want Matthew Stafford. They didn't get Matthew Stafford, though. So, you know, again, like that's like the he pressure. wants to win a Super Bowl. Right. That's like the, the right pressure place. of the acquisition world. Well, we pursued yeah. Matthew Stafford, but we just didn't finish, right? We didn't actually get Matt Stafford. Nick Bosa got they a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. They put pressure on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keenan uh, says, what I noticed is when we're hyped up to be the best, we play with arrogance, but when everyone's doubting us, we play with a chip on our shoulder, and that just makes the 49ers human. There's a lot of teams that do that, to be fair. When was the last time anyone doubted the Niners? Like, people are afraid <laughs> to pick against the 49ers, locally, yeah. nationally. Everyone's afraid to say that they're not the best team in the league, even when they lose back-to-back games to losing teams. Everyone's afraid to say that. I don't, I don't understand. I think maybe they need a chip on their shoulder. That's their problem. Heavyweight Hank, what's the use of adding a star player on D if the D now isn't clicking due to play calling? Maybe we need to add offense. 
Or maybe the guys I have just need to play better. Just play better. How about we don't change our coordinator? I mean, we can't Maybe Nick Bosa needs to play better. Yeah, man. I mean, like if bringing in Vic Fangio was going to make Nick Bosa play better. And also Vic Fangio's defense hadn't looked too great either. Um, I'll say this because I, I saw Rich Madrid with some cut-ups of Brandon Ayuk, and there was a Dan Orlovsky explanation of why Bosa wasn't getting sacks. I'm very frustrated by the, well, the defense did bracket coverage on Brandon Ayuk, so but that's why nothing could be done, right? Oh, we, we're chipping Nick Bosa, and we're shifting the line this way, so nothing could be done. Like, no, that's not where the story ends. Great mm-hmm. players get double-teamed. Great players get chipped. Jerry Rice saw bracket coverage all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not new. When you are elite at your position, you have to produce despite that. If if it's the case that you could just make one little schematic shift and totally eliminate somebody from a game plan, then why the hell is anybody paying anybody? Like, no, I don't accept that explanation. I get that it's harder for those guys to produce. I totally understand that. Absolutely. But you still have to. If you're if you're going to be a great player, you still have to. And the 49ers great players, other than Christian McCaffrey, are not playing great right now. Not nah, like what do the Niners do at a dominant level right now on their team? What what name one thing about the Niners team that's dominant? Punting. One thing. Mitch has been awesome this year. <laughs> that's it. Okay. I'm not even arguing with that. Name a second thing. So oh, they're good at punting. Okay. That's good. Kicking field goals? Nah. Passing? Not lately. Running? Not lately. Not lately. Stopping the run. Ooh, not lately. Stopping the pass, pressuring <laughs> the quarterback. Like, what is it, man? Game planning, adjustments. I, I don't understand how a team can go from being so good to so bad overnight, man. What happened? It was like Shannon Sharp said that one thing about Brock Purdy, and it hit the Niners like close to home. Like, oh my God, Shannon Sharp sees us for what we are. And they just, they're in shambles. I can't explain it, man. They've lost all confidence and self-belief. They know something's wrong. I think they know something's wrong. I'm not picking this team to win any more games until they win a game, man. I'm, something is wrong with this team. I'm not, I'm not picking them to win this week. I'll tell you that. Nah, definitely not. Nah. Short week against a, a defensive coordinator like Louis Amarula. I, no, 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 no. All Niners says Grant, you got to start grilling Kyle about Bosa, Bosa, Bosa. All right. I I'm want sorry. you to ask Brock about his arm. That's my, that's my crusade. What's going on, Brock? What did you tell Troy? Right. Are you uh, all right? Beyond Pissed Off says, Iglet, when is your show with Larry Kruger? Good show, gents. I don't know. It's a short week. We were supposed to do it yesterday afternoon. We were going to do it today, but I don't know that I actually have time to do it today. I'm going to see him in a couple hours. We'll talk about it. Maybe Thursday, Friday? Maybe Friday. There you have it. See, all we do is we get answers on this show. So I, it's frustrating right now because you're right. They look like a completely – when I left Levi's Stadium two weeks ago, I – I was convinced the Niners were going to the Super Bowl. Like I started looking at hotels. I started thinking like, what do I need to do to get my credential for the Super Bowl? All this stuff. And now it's like, God, I don't even feel like they can win a game. It's amazing that we could have that shift without any like serious season long season ending injuries too. That's the crazy part. I don't understand. To me, it's like, this is all psychological. That's what I think so interesting about this team. You can't say they're not good. They've proven it. They won how many regular season games in a row? It just feels like somehow something shifted psychologically with this team when they beat Dallas. Like it meant too much to them. They celebrated too much. It just meant too much to beat Dallas. And that was their Super Bowl somehow. They acted like that was their Super Bowl. Winning by 32, great. You, you, had, you, you beat them. You blew them out. 
You belittled him with the T-shirt. Uh, Micah Parsons said something. You, you, you shot back at Micah. Uh, Chauncey Gardner says something. You shot back at him. Like, it just feels like you lost it, man. You had this super laser focus for all, like a, a year. And then you do one more win over Dallas, and it's like, all right, man, well, now we can now we can totally lose our character. Ah, you only have yourself to blame on that one. But you know what? They're still five and two. Still got time. Maybe they will have the wake-up call and work it out. But right now, I don't know, man. I guess we're in waiting. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write them off. Right. Well, we gotta change. But like this team has just been so arrogant for so long. Like, let's see you guys really humble yourselves and have that same intensity that you had for the first eight games of 2019. Bring that back. Brother Bob says, Rob, IU cannot throw the ball to himself. The real deal has to be able to fit those tightrope, small window throws. Anticipation is harder than, look, there's plenty of blame to go around. Block probably deserves some of the blame too. I'm not, I'm not denying that. Uh, you know Jay what his said, offense needs? Sam Darnold. Kyle needs one more elite player. John just needs to trade for Justin Jefferson so we can see Kyle's brilliance. Yeah, it's oh, true. Oh, man, everybody's it's taking shots today on this show. All right. Yeah, well, it's fun to do. I know you got to run, Grant. Thank you so much for, for joining me as you do every single week here. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, please. Gold Standard and Grant Cohn's YouTube channel. And please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review. It helps people find us, which is obviously important you know since we're kind of trying to do a thing here anyway enjoy the rest of your wednesday we'll talk to you next week